You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Bonjuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, how are you doing today? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Ready for another week, but I am I am quite sad because up until now, we could say that we are not more than like officially halfway through the season. We're there. We're officially. Yeah, that, that's weird. We're like halfway through the fantasy season. Yeah, too. and that's assuming that you make your, your championship. So huh. um, we're, <laughs> we're definitely in an, an interesting week. Um, if you are in your dynasty leagues, which of course you are, you're listening to this podcast, uh, you probably have some big decisions to make. You need to know what what are you doing ahead of your, your league's trade deadline. There are so mm-hmm. many uh, big decisions to make for your fantasy football teams, whether you're a contender or not, in the coming week. So I, I this is a really fun week for me. Yeah, I, I agree. It's also going to be a fun week because we get to see Tua in a full-time role this yes, week. Yes, we do. It's exciting. So last week, the Miami Dolphins surprised us all and announced that Tua Tungavaloa would be the team's starting quarterback the rest of the way. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick has played well. There's been some games where he's been up and some games he's been down in typical Ryan, Patrick, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, fashion. Uh, but this is Tua's team going forward. So I want to start with this. Immediately, what kind of value does Tua have in Dynasty Leagues? Do we think he has the potential to be like a QB1 like Justin Herbert has has been over the last couple of weeks? Do we think he's going to put up the type of numbers that Joe Burrow has put up in Cincinnati? What are you expecting from Tua? I'm not expecting um, quite as much as we've seen from some of the other rookies. And mostly for me, that comes down to the weapons that that he has otherwise. Um, I'm not totally convinced that, you know, that I, I like Miles Gaskin. I really like um, Devontae Parker. But I think that, you know, generally speaking, I'm going to say, uh, you know, Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and... Uh, you know, even Mike Williams, all of these guys, uh, Hunter Henry, those are all weapons that I would sure prefer to. I would agree. Miami. But it's not a huge difference, though, right? I mean, it's it's at least similar, right? I I think similar, um, but I. So I will say, you know, we've had sort of these not not necessarily the same caliber player as Tua. Um, because he he was so highly highly regarded coming out of school. Uh, you know, especially coming off of the hip injury, you know, there there were plenty of questions about when we would see him. His dynasty value, because we didn't know when he would be starting, has, I, I felt, uh, like, been in this awkward in-between. Yeah. Where you can't, you can't really buy him, you can't really sell him, because he hasn't done anything just yet. Um, it, it's definitely been, um, it's been interesting. I. 
I would say what's what's fascinating about Tua is the last time that we saw him, he was regarded as like this can't miss elite elite quarterback prospect. And even like in the game that he got hurt, I think most people at that time assumed he was the number one pick in the draft. Right? We you know we we were hearing at the beginning of the 2019 season that Miami was tanking for Tua. Uh, we didn't know that this season for Joe Burrow was going to be coming up. So, the, you know, the, the talent is still absolutely insane. So it would not shock me at all, at all, if Tua came in and was 250 yards and 30 rushing yards a game and a couple touchdowns every single week. And that, you know, puts him in the low-end QB1 status. I just think he's that talented, correct? I think he is. And uh, – but you – the. Conversely, we have to talk about the other side of the ball, the the receivers. How is Tua going to mm. affect the rest of this offense? Because we we genuinely don't know what his his tendencies are going to be in the NFL. We don't know um, how heavily they'll lean on the run versus you know how much they'll ask of Tua from the get go. Like, would you would you consider this maybe an interesting time to buy Miles Gaskin? Because I think he's one of those assets who's been pretty productive for fantasy, but whose dynasty yeah. value hasn't necessarily climbed the ranks as much as you might see, you know, for like a James Robinson. Um, right. I, he's not as productive as James Robinson, but he was one of those guys, probably found him on your waivers at some point and just stashed and suddenly he became relevant. What does it mean for the rest of them? Yeah. I, I don't know what to think of miles Gaskin going forward. I, I think I am. I'm more in the camp that I'm going to buy the receivers because I think one thing that Tua does really well is he throws the ball down the field with, you know, really good accuracy. So maybe he opens up the running game for, for, you know, miles Gaskin and some of those other guys, but I actually like like Devonte Parker as a long-term buy. I think Preston Williams in this offense is a buy now. I, but I think we both are in agreement that it's probably going to be a short-term hit for those receivers. But maybe in the long run, those guys are going to have you know higher ceilings and better value, correct? I think so. Um, that, that's my hope. And you know what? The, so the issue about buying anybody in this offense is I feel like Tua's you know, perceived value. And again, not to say that he will not actually reach the benchmarks we're setting, but maybe this is an offense we can't really do much of with anybody because, you know, we're that bank of, of Tua coming into the NFL and, and being able to produce at an elite level. I feel like I don't, maybe it is going to be hard to buy any of these guys because they're going to, you know, people are going to want the receivers uh, on the end of an elite arm talent. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's just a lot of hype, and people now aren't going to sell, you know, Preston Williams and Devontae Parker because they know of what the potential ceiling yeah. is. There. So you're, prob- you're probably not buying those guys right now, but maybe you are selling, right? If, if somebody's coming at you with a ridiculous offer to get a Devontae Parker or a Preston Williams thinking they're buying low – Maybe it's not the worst idea to potentially, you know, sell those guys. So uh, keep an eye out for how Tua plays this week. I know we're going to be talking about him on Monday. Uh, I'm excited. Of course. Uh, There's one other guy that I wanted to talk about really quickly, Kate, and that's Jamichael Hasty, the 49ers running back from Baylor, a guy that I liked a lot pre-draft. Looks like he's going to get an opportunity to start in San Francisco this week. 
what is the long-term play here? Do we think he has any chance of holding dynasty value, or is this still Raheem Mostart and Jeff Wilson's backfield going forward? If I have him in any dynasty formats, I'm I'm okay selling. Um, I'm not sure that just given the the structure of this offense that we can necessarily predict much of anything. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. I, I think it's, well, it's just a Shanahan backfield, right? Yes, this is what it is. It, it, let's call a spade a spade. Um, I, I think that what we have seen so far, though, is when Raheem Moster is active, he's the guy. That's been, I feel like, the only yes. thing we've yeah. been able to discern so far from from the things that we've we've learned. Um, right. I, I think it's still going to be him. Obviously, if you are in a spot where. Uh, you know, you are you are close to contending for a championship and maybe you've got a Christian McCaffrey um, who you just need like a couple more weeks uh, of production just to squeeze by until you have that talent back and you're you're on the road for a championship. I think he's yep. a, a fine buy there. I would um, I would probably accept a third for him. Yeah, that feels about right because again, this is you know we talk about the the long term value of these undrafted free agent running backs. They just don't stick around the league very long because you know teams are always looking for a better prospect or somebody with a better pedigree. So I think a third round pick feels about right. I I, I wouldn't be surprised though, Kate, if he has a, a pretty big game this week. Seattle's defense, oof, it's uh it, it's pretty bad, and it would not surprise me at all if this is a game in which Hasty gets you know, 17 to 18 touches and goes over 100 yards and maybe he gets into the end zone. Well, and if, um, if he does, that is your perfect window to to sell. Yes. Um, and maybe you could get a second out of him if you actually see see that sort of production. And, you know, maybe you're just not in a, a spot where, um, you know, you think either holds long-term value or that he's just not going to help your roster this year. That might be your perfect window because we do know that whichever back steps into <laughs> into the backfield, they're going to they're going to produce. They're going to ball out. So you know this is a good time, uh, you know, to move on from an asset that might not be that productive in you know maybe another offensive system. Right. As somebody who is um, the maybe the card holding member of uh, the running backs don't matter fan club. <laughs> You know, this is a perfect example of a guy that uh, I'm rooting for to show, like, listen, you don't need to go out and pay these guys a ton of money. You don't need to spend first-round picks in the actual NFL draft to get solid running back production. So uh, I'm rooting for Jermichael Hasty, uh, needless to say, this week. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
All right, Kate, let's go to our next segment, which is which dynasty players uh, have the most value to gain or lose this week? I will let you go first. Which ones do you think could could lose or gain the most value here in week eight? I'm looking at DJ Moore. Um, you know, it, he finally, finally had a really nice week. And you know, his, his stat line has... It, they haven't been bad. Um, he said 93 receiving yards in three straight weeks, but he just hasn't been that focal point of the offense that you you hoped for as a top 12 dynasty prospect. Um, you know, DJ Moore, it, if we actually conceivably believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to have some time in Carolina, and honestly, why not? Like, they're... they're mm-hmm. They look like a better team than I think any of us would have expected them to. And I think, you know, I'm I'm expecting a Carolina win tonight. Um, I just I worry about his long term value in terms of just it, he seems underutilized. Um, you know, it, he's just he's been a little off last week, had a great fantasy week, 93 receiving yards, two touchdowns. But um, you know, one of them came on just like complete broken coverage, wide open. Somebody forgot to cover DJ Moore and he got yeah. this long yeah. bomb. So it always worries me when we see, you know, the the bulk of, you know, maybe these yards or what have you just come off of these these mega chunk plays because it is so deceiving in the, the final box score. And I think that this this might be a game, you know, where it like put up or shut up what's what's DJ Moore really going to do and if he's not the guy right like maybe if we we continue to see this heavy utilization of Robbie Anderson maybe this is the time to go by DJ Moore cuz his his value it I mean it's scary right like the I mean he's still only 23 years old yeah. that's what's so ridiculous 23 years old um Kate I'm going to ask you a question here I want to see if you know this how many carries do you think DJ Moore has this season? Because one of the reasons I liked him so much coming out of Maryland was that I thought he was this, you know, do-it-all receiver that you can give some of the jet sweeps to, you can give carries to him in the backfield. And we saw that early in his career, and it didn't make his fantasy value, but it gave him, like, a high floor every week. How many carries do you think he has this season? Oh, um, has he had any? Well- Zero. Yeah. Zero carries. And that's insane to me because this is one of the best players in the field or in the NFL in the open field. And Joe Brady has not given him a single, you know, touch out of the backfield. That's crazy to me, especially when you see like Robert Woods getting three or four carries. Curtis Samuel is getting carries. Exactly. That's that's why it doesn't make sense to me. So I agree with you. I I think this is a big game for DJ Moore. And I'm, I'm listen. I'm a huge DJ Moore fan, so I'm really crossing my fingers that he has a, a big game tonight because I, I, I think he's just a fantastic player. So uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. All right, I'm going to give you another one, Kate. How about Lamar Jackson? So in week eight, he is going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And, you know, this season has been good. It hasn't been quite as good as his MVP season from last year. But I can already see the narrative coming around on Lamar Jackson as, you know, this is a guy that puts up some huge games, not only fantasy, but actually like NFL games against uh, inferior competition. But when he plays a good team like Kansas City or Tennessee or Pittsburgh, uh, that's where we see the, the faults as a passer. 
I think if he struggles in this game, there's going to be some people that are really worried about how he matches up against good teams going forward and long term. And then I think that'll start to transition people over from saying, hey, the big two at quarterback is Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to, okay, it's Patrick Mahomes that's here, and then there's some other quarterbacks here that have a little bit more variance. Josh uh, Allen. What do you think about <laughs> Yeah, Josh, Josh Allen, maybe some Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott when he's healthy. Uh, what do you think about that? I think it's certainly interesting because um, when you when you look at what he's been doing, he's still he's still running the ball. Like interestingly enough, his box score isn't isn't totally insane for for what no. he's been. He, he's been fine. Um, it, it's just he hasn't had that that explosion, that ceiling play that you're right. you're looking right. for. But you know, in terms of what he's actually. Um, you know, like his interception rate, 1.2%. That's actually lower than than his rate from 2019. The biggest difference that you're just seeing right now is that he's not throwing as many touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I think some of that has has got to do with just the overall, you know, it, this is a run first team. Um, Lamar Jackson, you know, it, we need him to to continue to run the ball. But, um, you know, they've used J.K. Dobbins at, at the goal line. Um only has two rushing touchdowns so far this season. He only had seven last year, so could still be on pace for that. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a really interesting one because when we're looking at, at his his stats, I don't think we're seeing as much of a variance as it feels like we are, if that yeah, makes I'm just, sense. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I'm just interested to see him play Pittsburgh this week because this is his only his second game against Pittsburgh ever. Uh, he didn't play in the week 17 game last year. Well, let's say then, let's say it's a let's say it's not a good game. Let's say he is I would be worried. Honestly, I I, I think I would start to get worried. Okay. Just from a and, a, a player standpoint, um Yes. Okay. Yes. I I just think because we've you know, we have seen a couple of these games where if he's facing an elite defense, it can become a little bit of a problem, a little bit of a struggle in the passing game. He looks exposed. Uh, a little bit, and maybe maybe this is why they went out and got somebody like Des Bryant to help them in certain situations in the passing game, right? To help them in the red zone, to help them on you know third downs. Uh, we shall see. Des isn't going to play in this game, but uh, I, I'm just curious to see how Lamar handles Pittsburgh the second time around because last year when they played in Pittsburgh, he didn't look very good. Uh, I think he threw three interceptions in that game. Pittsburgh really harassed him all game long. Uh, the Steelers probably should have won that game if not for a juju uh, fumble late in the game. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just interested to see how he faces or how he plays against that defense. One final question. Uh, Are you, yeah. if he has a bad game, is this where you sort of set the bar and you say, okay, next good game, I'm, I'm, out. I'm out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably after the next two or three games. I think the schedule softens up a little bit. He plays Dallas in the next couple of weeks. It's probably right after that game is when I'm trading. Listen, that's going to be my general philosophy for, for the Cowboys going forward. I'm selling you as soon as you play the Cowboys. Like, look at Kenyon Drake last week. Had a huge game. That was the perfect opportunity to sell him. Um, he got hurt, hurt. But you know, but the point stands. It's, the point stands. All right, last one. How about Ronald Jones? Uh, last week with Leonard Fournette back in the lineup. Ooh, it was uh, interesting. It seems like we talk about Ronald Jones every week. We but, do, and we uh, have a different narrative every single week. It's because it's true. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's because his value changes so much. So, Kate, this week against the Giants, uh, one of the worst defenses in the league, what are you expecting from Ronald Jones? 
I'm not expecting a ton. I'm I'm actually I'm quite worried about his 14 touches last week. Um, luckily, he he you know bailed fantasy owners out with uh, a single rushing touchdown. But I mean, it was it was the Leonard Fournette show last week, and I, I think Leonard Fournette looked like the better running back. And and I you know I have to worry. Um, you know, we're just going to it's like every single week we add more more weapons to the pile. Um, it, what chunk of the pie is going to be left for Ronald Jones? I don't know. Because first Here's opportunity, he was yeah. he was gone. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking to see if they play the Cowboys right now, but they don't. But, <laughs> uh, I Listen, I've got Ronald Jones in a bunch of leagues. And the one thing that does make me feel better about the situation is I just think this is going to be maybe the best offense in the league going forward. So there's going to, the, the pie is huge, right? It's like what Brady used to have in New England where, you know, if you're on the field, you have a chance of being fantasy relevant. So I do think there's a chance for Jones to still have some value, but with Fournette eating into the passing game, which still seems crazy to me that the Fournette has become the receiving back here in Tampa Bay after some of the, you know, the early season season narrative or early career narrative surrounding him. But I, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's a, you know, very flimsy RB two the rest of the way, and I never feel great about starting him in any given week. Um, all right, let's take a break so I can tell you guys about Pepsi. Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than one percent of one percent of one percent of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. All right, Kay, it's our final segment here. It's promotion commotion. Uh, These are some guys that you want to promote from deep on your bench into your starting lineup. Uh, Go ahead and give us one. Who is somebody that you're putting into your week eight lineup? I'm rolling with Richard Rodgers. I like what we saw last week. Um, you know, obviously, we still have Zach Ertz out. Uh, we have Dallas Goddard, who has returned to practice, but he hasn't been formally um, formally activated from the injured reserve. Um, they just started that 21-day window, so he, he does have to play within the next three weeks. He looks good, um, you know, from what I've seen in practice, but it's going to be the Richard Rogers show, I think, for at least one more week, and then they have the bye. Um, but I do think he's he's absolutely a fine fine spot start. And guess what? You you said it. Uh, it is against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. He's, he, so he's like a lock for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Is basically yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And you know what? He's he's a guy that was widely available. So I you yeah. know I, I think you're this is a good start for him. Um, I'm going to talk about Harrison Bryant. He's probably already in your lineup this week after a strong uh, week seven, but he's somebody that I'm really interested in a dynasty perspective because uh, we've seen him now start to become a red zone weapon. It's pretty clear that Baker Mayfield likes him a lot, and so does his coaching staff. Uh, He's been playing over David Njoku uh, despite being a day three pick. Um, This is another opportunity for him to start with Austin Hooper out of the lineup. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that Austin Hooper doesn't have any guaranteed money left on his deal after this season. 
Now, there is a pretty big cap hit, but theoretically, Cleveland could move on from Hooper if they think Harrison Bryant is like the go-to tight end uh, next year. So I'm curious to see how he handles this you know, tight end one role for the next week or two or however long he has this job. Um, I, I just think he's a good player. What did you think about Harrison Bryant when you saw him uh, last week? Definitely looked dominant. I will say the um, my my concern heading into at least just week eight is just, you know, we didn't see a, a large volume, but we saw him uh, look great with the targets that he did get. So my hope would be that they would plan to integrate him more heavily into the offense. Um, no OBJ, no Austin Hooper. Uh I, I think this is a, a good opportunity for him to to see some more volume, but I I do like what I've seen so far. Yeah, uh, this is a, a big game against the Raiders. Uh, I'm curious to see uh, how they you know how they use him. It's also worth noting Noel Dow Beckham, so maybe we'll see what's realistic six seven targets. Does that seem about right? I think that seems that seems perfectly reasonable. Yeah. All right. Give us one final one to close out the show. All right. This one doesn't uh, doesn't feel super great to me, but hey, we gotta we gotta go where the money is. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna roll with uh, my friend Kendrick Bourne, who is uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, it, again, not not feeling good, but we do have Debo Samuel, who is uh, out with a uh, hamstring injury. Um, they get the Seattle Seahawks this week, and if I'm if I'm in a tough spot, I'm just looking for for anybody facing the Seahawks, the Cowboys, um, any of that. I, I think the Raiders. Yeah. I think you know we're gonna see a lot from Brandon Ayuk this week. I'm really excited to plug him into my lineups, even in redraft leagues. Um, but I, I definitely think this is an opportunity for. Uh, Kendrick Bourne to at least score a, a touchdown, especially when, um, I mean, how many t- they can only throw the ball to Kittle like 30 or 40 times, right? Like somebody else has <laughs> yeah, to catch I, I one. Yeah, I think so. Um, his ceiling's been pretty low, but, you know, like to start the season, he had a couple of 60-yard games, 30-yard games with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I, it's, you know, definitely not a, a ceiling play, but I think he, he could have a decent floor and see some volume this week. You're just looking for someone to fill in a spot to get you something great. I want to stay zero, afloat right? this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's some bye weeks this week as well. And I think, you know, he has a fairly decent shot to get you somewhere between 8 to 10 points in a PPR league. If you can avoid a zero, get somebody that doesn't kill you. I like it. That's a good call on Kedrick Porn. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy week eight, and we will see you next time.